Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. So in today's episode, we are going to be um, discussing some more of the NFL um, news. This has basically became, the past few days have been like an NFL podcast. Um, unfortunately, Colin's not going to be joining us again today. He was going to, and then, um, I don't know what happened. He decided he wasn't going to do it, and he's probably going to, uh, join us tomorrow. So, um, I think today, I mean, there's a lot of NFL news that went down right after the podcast yesterday. So as I told you guys, go watch that if you haven't yet. So I said, I waited, um, until, like, I waited later in the day to see if any NFL news would break. I finished the podcast, and I swear an hour later, we get the Odell Beckham and the D Ford news. And I was like, you're kidding. I couldn't have waited an hour later. to. Uh, but then again, I probably wouldn't have been able to fit it in, so I guess it's fine. But the Le'Veon Bell news came, I think it was at, like, midnight almost. So I probably wouldn't have got that. Uh, so I was in bed a long, a long time ago, sleeping, because... It was up on midnight on a Tuesday night. But that's okay, so we're going to get to that news today. The Odell Beckham trade, the D Ford, the Le'Veon Bell, and hopefully that'll leave some time for uh, a little NBA because um, I want to get, you know, we've been doing so much NFL, and this is a lot of NBA as well, and that's what you guys are kind of used to. So kind of keep mixing that in. Hopefully we can keep doing some NHL and MLB. I know that's not like I – I doubt there's not a lot of NHL or MLB fans, but I like to mix it in here and there and maybe just do like a doubleheader one day and so that way you guys get it all. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into the first one. So Le'Veon Bell, as um, most people know – signed for a reported four-year $52.5 million deal with the Jets. Now, I'm starting with this one first because I much, usually much rather like talking about um, trades than um, free agent signings. That's something you'll know about me. It's like any sport. I much rather like talking about trades. I think it's just more interesting to talk about. So that's why I'm starting with Le'Veon Bell and get to D Ford Odell. But whatever. Who cares about that? So... We all know Le'Veon Bell's on the New York Jets. Now, this was kind of expected. Um, the Jets kind of seemed to be the front runner the whole time, and especially um, coming into today and, like, like yesterday, I mean, we were getting reports that the Jets have now given Le'Veon Bell a timeline, and he signed. And ultimately, I think at that point, we all figured he's probably going to go to New York with the Jets. And I don't think it shocked anyone, really, that he went to New York, but... The money he's getting. Now, four years, 52.5. From Le'Veon Bell's standpoint, I was always a little, like, why did he go to the Jets? Now, the pros and cons of going to the Jets. He's a big-time player. He's playing in New York. Um, you put a franchise in New York, you're automatically going to get a little bit of a boost in free agency, even if you're as bad as the Jets were last season. You're automatically going to get a little more popularity and favor. Like, the New York Knicks might be the worst franchise in the NBA, and yet they still cost the most and are a hot free agency destination just because they're in New York. They have the worst owner and, honestly, probably the worst franchise because the fact that they're in New York and haven't even won, but... They're in New York, so they still get to succeed, uh, money-wise and in free agency. Just how it goes. Um, so for fans of, like, the Memphis Grizzlies, if there's any listening right now, which I don't think, but if there are, thank you for listening. But, um, 
you guys just aren't going to be really players in free agency unless you're very, very, very good. Um, but Le'Veon Bell, honestly, if I were the Jets, I would try to get a two-year deal here. And the reason for a two-year deal is because Le'Veon Bell is kind of towards the end of his prime. Um, he, you know, didn't play last year. This guy's had so many injuries. So here's basically what I'm trying to get at. Try to simplify it for you guys. So he's 27 years old, which is he's right in the middle of his prime. But this means he'll be under contract till he's 31 years old. And he didn't even play last year, which means, you know, he gets rested, but he wasn't really practicing. And this guy's injury-prone player. Um, that's part of the reason he sat out because he's so injury prone. He wanted to stay healthy and he could be one more injury away from like done. And a lot of people are doubting Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to doubt him, but he'll never be the, I don't think he's going to be like the best player here in New York. I think he was on a better team in Pittsburgh where it was a better chance to really succeed with better coaching. I guess you could say more weapons. So it was harder to game plan for him because you had a game plan for all the other receivers. It's not really the case in New York and he's getting older. He's probably going to be a little more washed up. Um, and honestly, I think the Jets kind of overpaid him a little here. Um, because I feel like four years, 52.5 mil for a guy who's injury prone and um, didn't even play last year. And the fact that all of those combined, he's 27 years old. This is going until 31. Like, is this guy going to be 31 years old, getting paid a boatload of money? He's going to be sitting on the sidelines and almost to the point where he's a fringe starter. Like, we could get to that point. And also, if you know me, I'm not a huge fan of the big-time running backs. And being a Patriots fan, I'm kind of, I guess I'm just used to getting these cheap guys off the streets and turning them into good, worthy starters and just getting a few solid running backs. Like, I just think it's unnecessary to pay got running backs. Like top, You don't need a top-tier running back. That's not what you need. The, I feel like the Jets are putting themselves in cap jail. They're trying to rush the rebuild, as I said, and they're almost putting themselves in cap jail. And, I mean, there are other guys in the league. I get it. Like, some of these teams need this big name to grow interest from the fans and they just need some dangerous weapon in their offense. I get it. Okay. Sometimes, but there are plenty of, you know, solid players like Mark Ingram, three years, 15 mil. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like paying a running back four or five mil, like Mark Ingram, you can get a ton of Mark Ingrams for three years, 15 million. They work fine. Uh, I'm not sure. Although I'm not sure how well Mark Ingram will do in Baltimore. Um, I think he fits their play style, like, tough and gritty and like to run the ball. But who knows? Um, interesting signing. I think it was needed, though. But, um, I mean, you just don't need these big-time flashy running backs. Um, I think – I'm not saying maybe everybody has their differences. And just as a Patriots fan, I guess I'm used to having, like, you know, a few of these running backs that aren't really that great that, like, oh, one of them can – punch the ball in on the touch for like a, you know, goal line or like a third and one, third and two. Some of these guys are just like to start a drive. Some of these guys can like catch out of the backfield. Kind of like our James White, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's one, someone's going to be like first or second down. James White more of a passing, ca catching out of the backfield back and Burkhead's like a third and one or a punch it into the end zone. That's what kind of I'm used to. We can get these, you know, 
smaller names and turn them into bigger names for cheap money. And we can spend it on more important positions like quarterback, uh, getting a receiver, or getting some cornerback. You know what I'm talking about. I just think it's unnecessary, really. And a few of these teams, I guess, like the Jets, I guess, you need some big-time name. Fine, I, I, I guess, if that's what you're really aiming for. But I feel like the Jets are rushing the rebuild, putting themselves in cap jail, and people are saying they're a playoff contender. I'm sorry, I just just don't see it. Um, they made some additions, and they'll definitely be better uh, if Sam Darnold can stay healthier and throw maybe a little less interceptions. I think people are saying Darnold's a franchise quarterback, and I agree, but he needs to prove more to me. In his rookie year, sure, he didn't have a lot of help or anything, this year he's a different coach. He might be healthier. But the interceptions were absurd. I think he led the league, or he's top three in interceptions. He only played like half the season, which is ridiculous. His first pass in the NFL got picked off. And he did have a good comeback that game against the Lions, but who have been buyers, and they've uh, they've done a good job. Uh, but hopefully we can grade every team. Um, when NFL free agency is over. We can grade every team's free agency grade. Maybe we can give them draft grades. And by the end of NFL free agency, we can give them an overall grade, do some of those type of episodes. Um, but that's my thought on the Le'Veon Bell thing. Kind of short and sweet. It's just not great, you know? And I think he's a, he's just a little overhyped because of the fact that he's so injury prone and didn't play last year. So he's still good, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think the... Jets are going to be in cap jail. They're going to be a seven-win team, eight-win team at best. And they're still going to um, be sitting right behind the Patriots. And honestly, these NFL teams are just so stupid. Like, some of these moves that have been made, like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, But, you know, we'll get to all of that. Let's just move on um, now to the D Ford trade. So, the... Kansas City Chiefs traded pass rusher D Ford for 2020 second round pick to the 49ers. You can make a case for a, a good win win trade here, but the 49ers won this trade. And here's the reason why. Um, I have two big reasons here that aren't because maybe what you think. I have a unique. V- very, very unique perspective on this. So D Ford's 27 years old, and he's 6'2". Um, he was drafted back in 2014. So, you know, he's in the middle of his prime right now, you can say. But here are the two major things why the 49ers win this deal. One is they trade a 2020 second-round pick rather than their 2019 second-round pick. The reason for this is... The San Francisco 49ers have the 34th uh, 34th pick in the second round, which means that pick only could have got one one spot higher. And um, so basically, they have a very good chance that that pick is lower than 33 next season. So basically, next season, that 2020 pick is probably going to be lower than 33, which it is this year, which is... I think it's a slight advantage for sure. The second one, which I think is definitely the bigger, unique perspective that I have on it, but I think most people recognize this, is that the 49ers have leverage over D Ford's contract. If they can't come to agreements with D Ford on a contract, the trade is canceled and they get their second round pick back. They get to work out their own contract. They get to 
have it where however they want. And that, I think that's perfect. I think it's going to be a three-year deal. I'd say that's ideal for the 49ers, a three-year deal. Uh, they lack a pass rush. I'm sorry. They have the second overall pick, which probably means they're going to get Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams. Maybe they take Josh Allen, but it's either Quinnen Williams or Nick Bosa for me. Um, if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray, they get to choose if the um, – Cardinals take Nick Bosa. I think they take Quinnen Williams. If the Cardinals take Nick Bosa, I mean, Quinnen Williams, they take Nick Bosa. They lack a pass rush. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to return from his injury. They lack pass protection. They lack weapons. I don't think they lack weapons, but they don't have many. They have George Kittle, and that's about it. So, they, I, yeah, I think they do lack some weapons. Their secondary is okay, but... They really have a ton of holes to fill. But this D Ford thing, this is really going to help their pass rush. And they're not going to be win now, but they can build things up quick enough. I like Kyle Shanahan. And having leverage over D Ford contract, I mean, they're not in a cap situation, but who doesn't want leverage over some player's contract? And if they can't reach agreements to a trade, well, then they get to get their second round pick back, and it's like it never happened. And it's not like they're trading a player and then the player's moral morale is always hurt because of this trade. So I think this is just a win for the 49ers for those uh, big reasons. But you could consider this as a win-win. But at the same time, I feel like the Chiefs, not a great deal, really. Um, because I feel like they're just losing some of their bigger pass rushers, like uh, cutting Justin Houston. Now you're trading D4 for a second. They do have Chris Jones, who's in a, a Pro Bowl snub last year. I'm sorry. But they do get Tyron Matthew, cut Eric Berry. So they're all over the place. Their defense is honestly worse than it was last year, which says a lot. And the Chiefs have not been great. They weren't expected to make any big moves, just like, uh, yeah, like a Tyron Matthew. And they were probably going to lose one of their pass rushers, but lose them all for a total of a second-round pick. Like, I, I don't know. And they don't have a ton of salary cap space either. So they're going to need to try to find some pass rusher or some cornerback in the draft. Uh, I really think that first-round pick has a ton of value. And they need to get – they need to pick – that pick needs to be almost perfect, whether it's a cornerback or a pass rusher. I don't want a safety because they have Tyron Matthew. And I think when your team has a ton of holes, you need either a very good pass rusher or a cornerback. I'm not – focusing on safety or anything like that. And I think you guys kind of understand why. But I think the 49ers won this trade. Uh, I do. And I think most people agree with me on that, that the 49ers won this trade. Um, I mean, they get to choose the contract and call the trade off. It's a 2020 pick rather than 2019. Like, the Chiefs really should have got tried to get that 2019 pick. Um, most of those early second rounders are more offensive players, but – trade down or something, and it gives you leverage to try to get, like, a, a defensive piece or two, or package your first and second, move up in the draft to get an even better defensive player. I don't care, but they need something. And they're going to need to pick the best defensive player available, whether it's a cornerback or a pass rusher. I don't want any safety between Tyra and Matthew and the fact that I think pass rusher. It depends on how you play. The Baltimore Ravens desperately need a safety. Uh, I'm going to actually go over those signings quick. Uh, Mark Ingram, I think that's solid signing. You needed a running back. And Earl Thomas is a risk. That one is rolling the dice because Earl Thomas is getting up there in age and he's going to be coming off an injury. And this is a Ravens defense that their defense always thrives. But in that defense, they rely on their safety, 
which means if Earl Thomas comes back from his injury on this three-year, what, like $42 million deal, and he isn't good, they're paying him a lot of money for nothing, and their defense isn't going to be that great because they rely on the safety. The safety might be the most important part of the Ravens, their X-factor. It might not seem like it, but it is, and that's how the Ravens roll. So they made some signings today. Uh... I thought the Patriots might go after Earl Thomas, but they didn't. They signed back like Jason McCourty, got Brandon Bolden. Uh, Cordero Patterson's gone, two-year, $10 million deal. Uh, Cordero Patterson's one of those guys who you have to uh, let fit into the system. You have to use him correctly for him to really be effective, so we'll see. So um, now going over to the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. This one was the big trade. I said after an hour after I did yesterday podcast, um, he gets traded. I'm like, you're kidding. I, I waited, and then eh, whatever. I just said all the uh, cookie crumbles, but I probably wouldn't have enough time anyway to talk about everything. So we went over most of the free agent signings, and we just clean up all the rest of the stuff that happened after. Um, but this trade was big. So the Giants gave up Odo Beckham Jr. for... 17th overall pick in the draft, Jabril Peppers, who's a safety, and a third-round pick. Now, this gives the Giants, I think, an even better case to pick Dwayne Haskins. And the reason is, now with the 17th pick, that gives them another pick to fill a need. And they just got their replacement for Landon Collins. I'm not saying Jabril Peppers will be Landon Collins. Maybe be Maybe he's better, maybe he's worse. He's a good little, a nice prospect there. The third round pick has some value, and that first round pick gives you an opportunity to um, pick a defensive player, whether you want to try to get a pass rusher or a cornerback or a wide receiver, like DK Metcalf maybe, because they just lack a receiving core now. I always liked the Giants receiving core and thought it was, when healthy, it was solid because we all know Odell's a little injury prone, Sterling Shepard, and uh, their tight end, Evan Ingram. 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 Engram. It's all like with an E, right? So, when healthy, that was a solid like receiving core. It wasn't like top five, but it was solid. And now, with Sterling, Sterling Shepard's not a first option. I'm, I'm sorry. He he can slide in for a second option when you have a good tight end, like solid young tight end, Odell Beckham. He can slide in as a second option when healthy, but he's no first option. I'm sorry. And this team, like Eli Manning's big contract, like this team was in cap jail, and they got themselves out of it. I like the Kevin Zietler trade a lot because they need an offensive line desperately, and they get rid of Vernon's contract, and Zietler is worth his money. Vernon was overpaid, especially with all the injuries. Landon Collins, though, should have been a trade at the trade deadline. You could have got some value out of him. Even if it was a third-round pick, it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. And who knows? Maybe Landon Collins changed the pace of one game and you lose one more game and even higher in the draft. I I don't know. That's not the point, though. You get something out of him. Third-round pick has some value, guys. Um, And... So, the trade, though, I'd say it's pretty win-win. The Giants get rid of another big contract and make themselves even more players for free agency, mostly next year. And although some people... Mixed emotions on this trade for Giants fans. I've seen Giants fans ecstatic, and I've seen Giants fans crying in themselves to sleep last night due to this trade. And... So there's mixed emotions across the board. And as a listener, you might disagree with what I'm about to say or agree. This was a pretty good trade for both teams. They're both a little stupid for what they did, but it's a solid trade. Um, the Browns 
are kind of putting themselves in cap jail. They have a lot of young players that they're going to need to pay, and they got Sheldon Richardson. Um, they got this Odell Beckham's big contract, Olivier Vernon's contract. So between that and the fact that they're going to need to pay Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, David Njoko, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, um, and the rest of the crew, um, they're going to have – they're going to have a, a, some big paydays. The Olivier Vernon trade, I'm sorry, was not great for them. If Vernon's healthy, I think he's a solid pass rusher. But how good is your protection going to be? I'm not sure. I think the Giants won that trade. I'm not saying it was horrible for the Browns because they had the cap space to do it, but now the cap space isn't great. Now, a lot of people argue Odell Beckham's trade value went down after he signed his contract. I agree, but I disagree. There's two sides to this. The reason for his value to decrease because of the contract signing was he was signed to a huge five-year, $90 million contract that no team really wanted. The case for it to be a good thing he signed an extension was you have Odell Beckham Jr. locked in long-term, which could also be bad because he's, like, you know, entering his prime right now. He's, like, in the middle of his prime, which means those last few years you might be paying Odell Beckham Jr., to be a, you know, a normal starter, like nothing great. And he's a bit of a head case in the locker room. So I don't know. I think the Giants got a good value here. People disagree, then they think the only people that disagree, people as a if you're a Giants fan, you don't disagree. The only thing you're mad about is that you traded away Odell. You're not mad with what you got back. You got back a good value. For the fact that Odell is a head case, was injured most of last year, and has this massive contract in the middle of his prime, like, his value should be, honestly, they probably should have got less than a good, great young safety in Jabril Peppers, a mid-first-round pick, and a third-round pick. His value is a little less than that. Wait, I've heard rumors they're getting a fourth-round pick or, like, a second-round pick with it, too. That's been a rumor around, and if that's true, the Giants got a great package back for Odell. The Browns, on the other hand, make their offense a much bigger threat. Uh, Zeitler's gone, which decreased their offensive value a little bit. Their receiving core was not great last year, nor was it horrible. Jarvis Landry had an underwhelming season. He was your best receiver. I like Najoku. I think they have great depth at receiver now. But again, are they going to be able to pay all their young guys? No. I think the must... They made Nick Chubb a minority on that team, though. And he did good. But you're... The, out of your young guys, your priorities, I think, have to be Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, and um, uh, what's Denzel Ward. Those have to be your priorities. Then we can talk about Nick Chubb and um, David Njoku. And you guys are saying, well, Nick Chubb's been very good at such a young age. Yeah, but as I said, I'm not a huge fan of the big running backs. You can get someone for much cheaper that can do a good enough job. The run game is not a top priority. I'll take Denzel Ward any day over Nick Chubb because of the fact that maybe, you know, Chubb might be slightly better. Well, I think Ward was better last season, but cornerback is way more important than running back. I'll say it every day, twice on a Sunday, twice on game day. And David Njoku is a solid tight end, but he's the worst out of the five. And I think tight end isn't as important as receiver, but it's kind of rare. Like, there aren't a ton of great tight ends anymore. It's just kind of less of the nature of the game. But he's the worst out of the five. And, frankly, he's probably playing the second least important position behind running back. 
I think Miles Garrett has been incredible. He's not great facing the run, but he's a great pass rusher. Denzel Ward has shown real good potential, and Baker Mayfield had a great rookie season. Like, those are the should be the obvious priorities for young guys. But this team is trying to rush it a little. Um, Freddie uh, Kitchens, or some people call it Freddie Kittens, is the <laughs> head coach for the Browns. I thought he did a solid job last year. But some people are like, how did he get the starting job? He was literally the Browns running back coach last season and then filled in. But I think when he did a filled in, he did a good job and deserves a chance. If all of a sudden he starts doing bad midseason, then, yeah, fire him because it makes sense that he is. He used to be a running back coach just last season. Now he's the head coach. Much better. I'll take him any day over um, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson. And... Um, I forgot his name. Yeah, Hugh Jackson. I don't know why I did. But I'll take a many day over him. He proved more last last season. Came in for Hugh and had a winning record. And that says a lot about Baker Mayfield, too. And Mayfield was solid under Jackson. His just team wasn't. He was okay. Mayfield didn't play those first few weeks, though. He played 14 games last season still broke the rookie touchdown record. On the Cleveland Browns. Under two head coaches. One, Freddie Kittens, who's the running back coach, and Hugh Jackson, who might be the worst head coach in the league. Bottom five. He was horrible. Hugh Jackson was horrible. I never signed him on my staff. It's such a bangle thing to do. Um, it's not even funny to, to sign Hugh Jackson to the staff. What's he going to do? I honestly just don't like him. Don't like Hugh Jackson. I'm sorry. Freddie Kitchens, I actually kind of like. Somewhat. But... I mean, who knows? I think he deserves a chance for the job he did last year, but I'm not sure he's the best best option out there. I'm just saying it. But overall, Le'Veon Bell really wasn't great for the Jets, honestly. I don't know. I That one's kind of up in the air. The D4 trade, 49ers won that trade. The Chiefs, eh. We'll see. We'll see what that second-round pick ends up being. Um, and the Odo Beckham trade, I think, was win-win. I honestly think it was a win-win. And but I'm telling you, the Browns, they're a scary team. And they they're they may have rushed the rebuild a little, but it's working. They're gonna be in cap jail and probably gonna lose like David Njoku, but they're they can be really in the playoffs. And I'm not I'm here's the thing about the Cleveland Browns. Super overhyped. Super overhyped. Um so, I don't like that. People are overhyping them and saying they're Super Bowl contenders. They're not. They're contenders for their division because their division is currently horrible. The Bengals will never be contenders because they're the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, I think their defense has taken a step back, and I just don't like their style of play. Their Ravens' style of play is play good defense and run the ball. You need a passing attack in this league. And defense can win some championships in football. It's proven it. It's hard to do, but people have proven it. But I'm sorry, running it up the gut and playing some tough physical football, that's more of the back in the day. You got The Ravens play a perfect style of football 30 years ago. It's just not how it works. When your quarterback's a running back, you're just not going to succeed in the league. I'm not a huge fan of that Ravens team for that reason. I thought they were scary, and I still think they are. But for the fact that their defense has taken a step back, and they basically, their quarterbacks are running back. I just can't believe in that. And the Steelers, I think the Steelers are still in the hunt. But they got a third and a fifth for Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I think, I like their defense overall. They're a well-rounded young team. 
But their O-line's very good. Their quarterback, though, is aging, and I'm just, I don't know. They have a good, solid running back in James Conner. They have one good receiver. Vance McDonald's an okay tight end. Really, they're kind of lackluster. They need to try to go get a number two receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster, something there, and maybe add something to their secondary. But that division's up for grabs, and this uh, Browns might be the front runner. Like, I'm not sure. I want to see how the draft plays out in the rest of free agency because there are still big names like Ndominic and Sue still out there, which is it's crazy to say. There are a ton of big names. Um, and before we end the episode, there are guys like Bryce Callahan, cornerback out of Chicago, still out there. Ndominic and Sue, the nose tackle from Los Angeles Rams, still out there. Ronald Darby, cornerback, 25, still out there. 30-year-old Golden Tate, he's still out there. I'd love to see the Patriots get him. Please, we lack a receiver, and I don't. I want, I want the first round for the Patriots to focus on getting our next tight end. Wait, how do I put this? I don't want to. I don't want a quarterback. I'm sorry. I don't like any of the quarterbacks besides really Dwayne Haskins, and he's gonna get picked early in draft. So I want to focus on a tight end. A pass rusher to try to fill in for Trey Flowers. Because Michael Bennett is good, but he's a step down from Trey Flowers and he's older. And I just, I think there, there's a receiver. The second round is full of wide receivers. And I think with Golden Tate, just get him and don't make it an issue. So I, you know, I'd really have to think about that one. Who they should really pick in the first round. Tight end. So they've, the Patriots have been in talks to get Jared Cook, which I would love, but I think you'd have to pay him a solid amount. He's good in Oakland last year. Marcus Golden's still out there. Ha, ha, ha. Clinton Dix is still out there. Ronnie Gunter's still out there. Darkies Denard. Shaquille Barrett. Brent Urban. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson is another one. That To the Patriots, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad. Bruce Irvin. Adrian Phillips. And... For Pete's sake, he's not even a top 50 free agent, but Marshawn Lynch is still out there. Um, um, but I'm telling you, <sighs> this has been a uh, fun week of football, and I told you, I'm not the offseason, between the NFL and the NBA, I don't know which sport's my favorite, but when it comes to the offseason, it's the NBA. I just understand it more, that's why. But this NFL has offseason. I usually get, once the Super Bowl's over a week later, Yawn. I'm into basketball and, you know, some hockey, I guess, or NCAA. But this has woke me up and got me interested in some football. So we're going to, you know, return back to some basketball. Hopefully I said we can mix in some of the other sports. So, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. So, um, again, we've been talking a lot about football. I'm sure some more moves will go over some of them. But for the most part, we got done with some of the big stuff, I'm sure. A lot of that stuff's over, so we just got a few more little moves. I'm sure we'll go over there. It won't take up a whole episode. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening again. I still haven't got any messages, so if any of you, please, want me to do a list or something, something, anything, please. No one else has done it, so if you do it, it's going to get on the show. You realize that. Anything you want me to do. And no one else is doing it, so if you're the only one to do it or only two of you do it, well then, great. Gets on the show. (laughs) It's that easy. So if you wait and then all of a sudden I get actually people to start doing this and going on, it's going to be harder for your idea to get on the show. I'll still definitely take it into account, but now is a perfect time to do it. 
if you want me to do something, or want me to do something in the future, just tell me, please. So, um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. So, the Anchor mobile app, I'm going to say it. I'm going to bug you guys all till you guys start doing it. Because I know you guys have an idea. So, please do it. I'm going to keep bugging you about it. Anchor mobile app. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to say it one more time. Anchor mobile app. Please, just send something in that you want me to do. It's been bugging me. So, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. And thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time.